0: Well, oh, Hello, 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 I am Matt Williamson, uh, coming down to the end of the week, looks like we have a beautiful Friday here in Pittsburgh after a yucky rainy week or two, it's been a swamp, but it looks like a nice beautiful weekend, probably going to uh, do some non-football things, you know, now that things are cooling down a little bit, but I'll be in, have my finger on the pulse, so not a ton to talk about today, to be very honest with you, um, we got rookie mini camp coming around the corner. Uh, Hoping to get down there and check that out. Might even be broadcasting from down there. Haven't heard yet. Schedule release show I'm going to do next Thursday night with Dale and Pursuta. So the schedule releases at like 8 p.m. next Thursday. So those are some things on the horizon. But I went around to, as I do every morning, there's about 10 to 12 sites I frequent every morning. And there was a couple nuggets out there that I thought were They're all Steelers, but we're relevant, fun to talk about, maybe even something, you know, I'll expand upon, but just going to share some things, much of it from Pro Football Focus and say what you want about them. I mean, they put out a lot of content all year round and they obviously have a different perspective on things and bring some things to the table that I can't because of all their analytics and all the, the data stuff they do. But my buddy, Mike Sando, who I worked with at ESPN for 10 years, really good dude. He's now at The Athletic, and he's so wired in with the different front offices, coaches, all that. He put out an extensive article today with quotes on all 32 teams from executives around the league and whatnot. And I just wanted to read a few of them. Frankly, the Steelers one wasn't as extensive as some of the others, but it was – Positive. I mean, as you can imagine. So here was one quote. They got, they get a left tackle, they get a corner with traits and they got a good interior D lineman to solidify their lines. So summarizing was they got three really important things, you know, and they got big physical guys like you and I talked about last year, you know, yesterday, you know, there are a lot of big traitsy type players. Um, Here's another one that's after talking about the selection of Darnell Washington, another executive said, they are different in that their tight end has to block. It's one of those positions for them that can have strict criteria that they are not afraid to use draft picks from Mark Bruner to Heath Miller to Pat Friermuth and now Washington. Uh, they all are on the plus side of 250 pounds, at least 6'4", and they can catch. I think you'll see a lot of two tight ends and run the ball dead on. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, these te- I know Kevin Colbert's not there. Omar Khan is, you know, and Mark Bruner was a long time ago, by the way, he's a scout for the team and a really good dude. And we saw him down there. Um, but it remains that they don't want to Ingram, you know, uh, and Connor Hayward to me is a specialty player. Yes. He walks in the tight end room, but he's not like the others. I mean, they want big bodies there. And, that might sound like what's so special about that man i mean it, it kind of is i mean a lot of these teams blocking and playing in line isn't nearly as important to them as being just a move option and that doesn't make the steelers archaic in my opinion it's just you know if you if you look at the packers they won't take any receivers that are 5'11 <clears throat> or or under you know there's just some some teams have certain parameters that have worked really well over the years. I mean, look at the, the Packers receivers, Jordy Nelson, all, you know, all the way down the line, tons of good ones, Devontae Adams. They don't use first-round picks on them, but they all kind of look the same and do the same stuff, and it keeps working. So true with the Steelers' tight ends as well, really going back to Friermuth, but especially Heath, you know, or going back to Bruner, but especially Heath and Friermuth of late. You know, that's more the Tomlin era, of course. So that that was well said. Um, And then this was another thing that Pro Football Focus put out was they put out their superlatives, just a, a couple sentences on all 32 drafts. And this is a little ambitious for me, but their headline, and it wasn't just for clickbait, if you read all of them, was Pittsburgh Steelers. They secured potential starters in all seven rounds. I mean, if you get three starters in a draft, that's great. So. (laughs) Here was a clip. The Steelers drafted potential starters in rounds one through seven, and it's very rare that you can say that about any team any year, so they recognized it as well. Their start seemed picture perfect with them selecting Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, and Darnell Washington, but the the hits kept coming with Nick Herbig and Corey Trice on day three. This is one of my all-time favorite hauls compared to my draft board. It's pretty nice praise, (laughs) you know, one of my favorite hauls ever, you know, not just this year. So, real quick along those lines, uh, before we go to break, I want to read you their Broderick Jones capsule as well. So, where he wins, mentality. Remember I was talking yesterday about his physicality, the nastiness, you want to tell him, whoa, not, you know. Uh, whatever that saying was, I said yesterday, you you don't want to, you'd rather reel them in than try to light a fire under them. Um, Obviously this, when we talk about mentality, it's obviously this is combined with some awesome raw power from the true junior, but Jones will likely go higher than his PFF grades might suggest simply because of the way he plays the game. It's easy to envision what his mentality paired with a more consistent technique could lead to. So these were their pre-draft analysis of of Jones. What's his role? Tackle, obviously. What he can improve? Something I've been telling you about a lot. Hand placement. There's no doubt that Jones's hands are powerful when they do get a hold of defenders, but they lack the precision for him to be a quality starter in the league at the moment. You can't just punch in the NFL. You have to latch on. And we will see that too infrequently from Jones. I agree. I also think he could time his punches better. He could use his hands independently better as opposed to a two-hand punch. Um, here's a couple of the pros. He's built like a sequoia tree, thick lower half. What do we talk about with theme? Big, nasty. Um, other pros, deadening punch and pass protection. When well-timed, it ends a rush. Agreed. Plays how an offensive line coach would dream, wants to punish defenders. 100%. Cons. Inconsistent hand placement doesn't establish engagement nearly as much as you'd like. Just talked about that. Bad habit of waist bending against speed rushers to the outside. And I would take it a step further, dipping his head as well. You know, and I think the dipping of the head thing leads to the waist bending, to be very honest with you. Just think about that. If you're retreating in pass protection and you dip your eyes, even for a split second, you're probably going to bend at the waist. Um, Another con, also not his fault, but this isn't his fault. Just a season and a half of playing time, played 203 true pass sets in college. And their definition of true pass sets are interesting to me, like a bubble screen, a screen, an RPO doesn't count as a true pass set. So they're talking three-step drops, five-step drops, seven-step drops, that type of thing. So he only has 203 of them in his career. So again, I mean, you don't expect them to be super refined. Last thing, and then we'll go to break, was bottom line, another year of seasoning could have made Jones a top five pick. He still may end up close to that range with his dominant physical skill set. I couldn't agree more. And again, if he isn't even the week one starter, folks, do not crush him over it because all those things we just talked about. All right, I'll be back in a minute. A quick little thing here for you that I think is really intriguing, too. All right, we are back. This also is from Pro Football Focus, but they put out three, three things you should bet on, I I think was the title. Like, these are really solid bets that you can make right now that they encourage you to do it. And one of them involved the Steelers. Like, for example, the other two were Seahawks over eight and a half wins. Okay. Um, And the Dolphins under nine and a half wins. They have a really tough schedule. Things like that. But their favorite bet is the Steelers to go over their eight and a half win total. So pro football focus. I mean, if you go to any site, I haven't, but in Vegas right now, the Steelers win total is eight and a half out of 17 games. And they get one extra home game, you know, every other year. So AFC is gets the ninth home game this year. But here's what they had to say about it. And I couldn't agree more. I think eight and a half is very low for this team. I think the number should be like nine and a half, to be very honest. But there's some other underlying reasons that they add, add or they throw out here that I very much agree with. So last year at this time, books set the Steelers initial win total at seven and a half with similar juice to the current offering on both sides. While it did take a four game win streak to finish the season to go over that number the foundation for a successful 2023 seemed in place. And frankly, I mean, I'm just ad-libbing now, but I think this team is as constructed on May 5th is better than one win, better than last year's team as constructed on May 5th, if that makes sense. You know, we know more about Pickett, things like that. So anyways, back to what they had to say. Kenny Pickett posted a top 15 passing grade in his rookie season. And, That was even with the awful first half of the season. Maybe more encouraging, he also posted the 7th lowest turnover-worthy play rate in the entire NFL. His ability to take care of the football should help a Steelers team that is still intent on letting its defense dictate its performance. Pittsburgh's draft class, which I cited before, they love – Should be encouraging as well, as the team filled holes at crucial needs and should be better along the offensive line and in the secondary of the season. Crucial parts for creating wins, of course. Additionally, the Steelers will match up against the NFC West and the AFC South. Even though they play in one of the toughest divisions in football, the Steelers will still have one of the softest schedules in the entire AFC. So, I think that's pretty encouraging stuff. So some of this is some betting stuff that I don't always understand. But anyways, this is a spot that the PFF simulation finds value in as we project Pittsburgh to finish with a full win more than its current betting expectation. The team looks undervalued even at the minus 130 price given their current schedule outlook. Even if they post a sub 500 record in the AFC North, They could still easily go over this number if they win three of the four against the NFC West and AFC South, which figure to be the two of the worst performing divisions in all of football. The NFC West looks horrid. I think the Cardinals and Rams might be in direct competition for the first overall pick. Niners are a challenge. There's no question no matter what, but who knows what their quarterback is. I'll be real interested to see. Where that lands on the schedule, you know, is that going to be early with Purdy coming back? Who knows? And I think Seattle's going to be good. I guess pro football fo- focus agrees, you know, that they want their, they're over as well. Um, AFC South, all new quarterbacks by the time. you know, Who knows when you're going to play those guys. Jacksonville looks formidable again. I think Tennessee's going to be really bad. It might not be long before you see Levis. I think the Colts rebound, but you know, Richardson's going to be a work in progress and Houston will probably be bad, but be encouraging. So can you win six of those eight? Can you win five of those eight and three in the AFC North? I mean, then you're almost home in terms of your eight and a half win total. So I like that bet very much as well. Um, That's a wrap. Everyone have a great weekend over and out. Uh, If there's something you want me to talk about, just shoot me a note on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL.